0: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to this week's episode of Mill Liberty. I am your host, Caleb Franz. This is the voice of liberty for a new generation. We are thrilled to have you here this week. Uh, welcome to the program. Welcome back. If you're returning uh, to, the, to the program, to this podcast, uh, thank you for being a part of the audience and thank you for being a part of the community of liberty lovers that we are trying to build here on this program. Uh, this week we are going to have a very fun topic and it's one that we have not had yet, um, but it is one that I care very deeply and very passionately about. We haven't had yet in the sense of um, in, in the sense of devoting an entire episode to. Um, but we have maybe touched on it here and there on on a few different episodes, uh, specifically more the uh, the Constitution themed. Episodes, but this week I want to devote an entire episode since it is somewhat uh, relevant in the news cycle uh, after the uh, horrible, horrible shooting in Texas um, at the at the church in Texas. Uh, There are a lot. There's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of. Half truths and, quite honestly, just flat out lies that are being spread about uh, about guns, about the Second Amendment, um, and why it's important to understand the the philosophy that people in power have. That whenever a crisis or a tragedy occurs, that that is not something that needs to go to waste. And what I mean by that is anytime, now, you know, the government isn't going around creating these instances, but they are very good at waiting for them to happen. They are very good for waiting to seize on the opportunity that whenever emotions are are at their hottest and people uh, will just turn away turn a blind eye at the Constitution, they'll turn a blind eye on their rights. They know when that time is. They this is the perfect example of what happened during 9-11 with the Patriot Act. Well, the same thing happens on both ends of the spectrum. This just happens to be one that the left does quite quite often, much more often than, than the right does when it comes comes to guns. Um Now, I think it should first be said that there is not always a political solution to every single problem, nor should there be. This is one of the greatest. This is one of the greatest um, misconceptions, and one of the most frustrating parts of, of certainly, of a libertarian like myself, because. I'm constantly talking about and, and many people not just my not just myself but I'm constantly trying to to make people realize that the government should be the very last result if in, if any result at all they should be the very last people that you go to if going to them at all sometimes you don't go to them at all and just let things fail well in this situation this is the perfect example of of a problem without a political or government solution. There is no piece of legislation that will end these kind of tragedies. There is no piece of legislation that will completely stop criminals, terrorists, murderers from obtaining guns or from obtaining some other means to accomplish what they wish to accomplish, their vision, their end goal. There is no piece of legislation that will stop that. There is very, very little legislation that will even slow it down. In fact, the argument that I'm going to be making here on this program is just the inverse of that. It is our desire and our want, our urge to do something that's always that's, it's, it's all about how we feel. And this is something that we've talked about plenty of times. whether it be on well on guns for today, but whether it be on um, economics and, and how that it really doesn't make a difference about how you feel, how, how it feels. like for example, the, the minimum wage is something that I, I like to point to. The intentions behind that is not the same thing as the result. And you are actually harming the very people you claim to be helping if you just try to do something, if you just try to find some sort of political solution, some sort of governmental solution to this problem that can be solved by people, by communities, by individuals. That's the key here. That's the key that I want you to take away while we separate some of these uh, myths uh, from the realities that is surrounded around the topic that we have today we should not try to, to search for a political solution all the time actually that's, that's most of the time we should try to avoid it at all costs because what we can do as a people what we can do as a community what we can do as individuals that is much more powerful and much more effective than anything that can come out of Washington DC out of your state house or out of your city hall you as a people have a have a, a right and a responsibility to take care of these issues first and foremost before anyone else now let's as we as we dive into this um, some of the some of the myths I want to lay out that we will be, Dissecting uh, here on this program is going to be uh, concerning the the first the first set of myths that we will be uh, tackling. We'll be concerned about the Second Amendment and some of the arguments that is made about the intention of the founding fathers. Because you know we have to start at the origin of it. Then we're going to be talking about some some myths surrounding mass shootings and and surrounding gun violence and surrounding. Um, how how gun bans work in other countries, um, and then I want to very specifically get into some of the myths uh, surrounding the AR fifteen uh, rifle, very specifically because that in and it of itself, that rifle in and it of itself is seen as the boogeyman of all boogeymen for no really good no really logical reason other than this is just something that we see on TV and I saw this guy kill a bunch of people with this gun so obviously this gun is the is the Satan of all guns when in reality it's it's quite the inverse of that and then I want to uh, go over some some myths that uh, kind of surround or some preconceived notions that is surrounding the background checks argument. Because honestly, I think that is probably the one that most people think is reasonable and logical. That it doesn't really... Um, they A lot of people see it as not really an infringement on the Second Amendment. And a lot of people see it as uh, it's, it's very reasonable to to subject people to background checks before purchasing a gun, and we'll get into a little bit of that. I'm I'm not going to reveal one way or the other what what we can talk about, but first of all, all, let's talk about the Second Amendment. Some of the greatest, uh, most baseline arguments that the left has uh, surrounding the Second Amendment is one, the Second Amendment is about muskets. It's not about it's you know the the founding fathers did not envision the AR-15 um, when when composing the Second Amendment uh, and it's if if it is about muskets it's also about militias. This is a time when the the founding fathers very clearly stated um, a, re- a well regulated militia. Um, and the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Well, that I will say, uh, I mean, you only have to look at the language, every single other aspect of the Bill of Rights, except for the 10th Amendment, which very specifically says everything that we have not outlined is given the powers that we have not outlined. That has more to do with, with powers than it does um, natural rights. Everything else especially the first few um, in the Bill of Rights, talks very specifically about natural rights. The Founding Fathers did not intend for the government to be what they were talking about in the Second Amendment. That is very clear even when you look at uh, uh, George Mason's words surrounding the Second Amendment. He said that what is the militia? He he was trying to clarify this. The militia is the people themselves. It is not the government. It's the people. Now today we look at the we look at this through the lens of today, and the militia is obviously um, it's gone from what it was back in 1776 to today. It's now the National Guard, and that I understand why they think that. That doesn't make it correct. As for uh, how, how muskets are tied into this, well, there is no mention of muskets in the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment was meant to dispel tyrants. It was meant to be the instrument to which people can look to the Constitution and say, this is our guarantee that we have the right to dispel tyrants whenever they rise within our own country or uh, whenever they come from abroad, whenever they are a foreign threat. This is how we do it. Now, yes, it's technically true that uh, the Founding Fathers did not specifically envision the AR-15 or... Um or machine guns or or, or uh, rifles that we have uh, today that that completely true. And technically, I mean, it that only makes sense, you know, they can't look into the future. However, the intent of the Second Amendment is not specific to the type of rifle that they had at the day because the type of rifle that they had at the day, it had nothing to do with about what kind of rifle they were primarily using it had everything to do with whether or not the arms that the citizens have were just as plentiful and powerful as the arms that the government had so while yes it's true that the founding fathers did not envision an AR15 they would they would or an AK47 they would never know what that if if you brought thomas jefferson or uh james madison or george washington into the future into 2017 and you gave them an ar-15 or an ak-47 it's true that they probably would not know what that is they would probably love it because the founding fathers loved firearms um almost as much as life itself but they it's true they would not know what what an ak-47 is they would not know what an ar-15 is but that really doesn't matter because the intent of the second amendment is to keep the government at bay so if the government has ar-15s which they don't even use ar-15s but that's besides the point if the government has weaponry that is equivalent of an AR-15, then yes, you as a citizen have the right, because it states very specifically that the people, not the militia, not the government, the people have the right to keep and bear arms, and it shall not be infringed. Now, another common claim is that, and this is something that even people on the right will make, and It's somewhat understandable. I I can agree with it to a certain extent, but there's two major points I want to make with this next claim. I'm sure you've heard uh, somebody say that you can't really, you can't honestly believe that the, that the, the people of the United States can go up against the United States military or even the police force with all of their vast weaponry and technology. The first point I want to make is if if that's the case, then we have already allowed ourselves to be too regulated. We have already allowed the Second Amendment to be infringed upon because that was never the intention of the Founding Fathers, for the government to have such a powerful force, to to have so much firepower that the citizens fear it the second case that i want to make the second point that i want to make about this is do you even know the hit our own history do you even know what we went up against all they had all the all the all the uh all the framers had was some muskets and some pitchforks and they went up against the most powerful military force that the world had ever seen up to that point do you even know our history? We went up and sabotaged a bunch of Hessians on Christmas Day, which you have to get back into. You have to you have to get into that mindset at that time. That's like if I if I said, "All right, guys, come on, let's gather up. We're going to go take on Seal Team 6." That's insanity, and they did it, and they won. guerrilla uh, warfare has always been the nail in the coffin for for massive standing armies for massive governments they can't fight against it as long as the people have a certain amount of weaponry have as long as they have the right to keep and bear arms as long as it is not infringed i'm not really worried about What the government can do now they could do some pretty messed up stuff if a revolution ever occurred in the United States but quite honestly Quite honestly, I I I really Think that uh, your your lack of faith is disturbing in the ability of the American people To wage a successful revolution now. I'm not calling for a uh, for a revolution. I want peaceful means to occur but the notion that it could never happen is ignorant because just look at our own history or just look at histories of of look at vietnam for example or look at uh, look at iraq and afghanistan today a bunch of cave dwellers with a few ak47s is fending off the largest and most powerful military force in the history of the world, and they're winning. They're actually able to do it. If they can do that in Afghanistan, you really think that people here and within the United States, especially in the area that I live in, in in Appalachia, in that area, they're a bunch of, I mean, they're a bunch of hill stoppers. I guarantee you, if you put that uh, put a fighting force like that up against um, some sort of police force or or the U.S. military, it may not be evenly matched as far as weaponry goes, but it's certainly um, guerrilla warfare has always had the upper hand. Now, moving on beside uh, past that point. I think it's absolutely foolish to, to think that, uh, that that could never happen in the United States because the military is somehow too strong. That has never been the case um, in our history or in throughout world history. Insurgencies has always been the thorn in, in the side of, of massive governments. Oh, and there is one other point that I would like to make. Um, if you ever hear somebody say, you don't need 30 rounds to shoot a deer... Just laugh in their face because there is no part of the Second Amendment that says anything about hunting. It's increasingly a ridiculous notion when the fact you take into consideration the fact that their entire livelihoods at the time centered around either agriculture or hunting. They didn't need a constitutional amendment to say, we have the right to go out and shoot a deer. That's absolutely ridiculous. Okay. Now, moving on from the Second Amendment, um, the next uh, set of myths that I kind of want to to break down and debunk here is centered around um, certain ma- some mass shootings, uh, both here in and and gun violence, both here in the United States and throughout the world. Some things that I'm sure that you have heard of is that. Um, There are more shootings now, or there's more gun violence now than there has ever been, Um, and it's on the rise, and and there are more people dying from gun violence. Uh, Other things include, like, gun bans work in other countries, like the United uh, Kingdom. And those two specifically, I want to take some time to break down, because the, the statistics and the numbers, in fact, do not support that notion whatsoever. The first is that uh, gun deaths in the United States are actually the lowest they have been in over 20 years. despite all the all the mass shootings that seem to be occurring. what is happening is that media presence and with the advent of social media, these things are becoming more common and they stick in our brains more often. But the fact of the matter is, is that gun violence and gun deaths are lower than they have been in decades. It has been dropping 3.9% despite all the shooting, despite all the gun deaths per year to the point where we have been the lowest that we have been in 20 to 25 years. Now, what about uh, what about the AR- AR-15? Certainly, certainly the The mass shootings that occur amount to the majority of of the gun deaths, a majority of those, even if they are lower than what they have been. surely that that the mass shootings that we see on TV all the time, surely that those amount for a vast majority of the deaths in America that is re related to gun violence. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that that's not even close to true. In fact, it's the opposite. Rifle deaths—that's not to include, um, or excuse me, it is to include, but that's not um, only to include. They are 15. This is all rifles. In 2013, and I know this is a few years back, but the trend is uh, the trend is continuous. Um, here, there is no real surge through, from year to year, but in 2013, only 285 rifle deaths. Total, total, 285 rifle deaths is the is the uh, amount of people who have died from from uh, being shot by a rifle, whether it's an AR-15 or whether it's your grandpa's old hunting rifle in the back storage closet. That number sways. No more or no less than 100 people, either 100 people more or 100 people less. It's right around that uh, that uh, number every year. Now, what what most people do die by when it comes to guns is handguns. Handguns amount to in 2013 they amounted to 5,782. But what's even that? That's almost uh, to be assumed. But what's even more staggering is that the AR-15 had less deaths than knives or sharp objects, which amounted to 1,490 deaths in 2013, and blunt objects to include hammers, bats, um, feet, and fists. Which was four hundred and twenty-eight. The AR fifteen is just simply not the weapon of choice when it comes to killing. Now, what about in other countries? What about, it isn't isn't the the um, the ban in the United Kingdom is isn't that didn't that have some effect on gun violence? Didn't it go down? Well, actually. Uh, despite what you may hear from uh, the likes of Piers Morgan and and what people, um, certain government officials in the United Kingdom might want you to hear, um, violent crime in other countries, specifically in the UK, is on the rise since banning guns. In fact, um, whenever they, they did ban guns in 1997 gun violence and homicide um, as a whole surged. And here's, and here's, here's the real point that I want to make when it comes to this. Even if it is true that, that um, a very large amount of Americans die from gun violence every year, and that is unacceptable and tragic and it cannot be accepted. However, most people who point to this They only, most people would point to that and say, look at the UK, look at, you know, Australia or whatever. It seems to me that they do not care about life. They only care about life when it's taken at the hand of a gun. Because when you look at knife killings in the UK, that is up almost 9%. Homicides in in England and Wales is up 14%. In fact, it wasn't until after the UK banned guns in 1997 that gun violence and and homicide in general surged to an all-time high in 2002-2003, with roughly um, 1.8 people per 100,000 people being killed, which is the highest that it has ever been in the United Kingdom. Now. You have to understand that the United States is also a much larger country than these countries in Europe and these countries in, uh, in, in places like Australia and all throughout the world. The United States is one of the largest populated countries in the world. So it only makes sense that if you look at things, if you look at things just from a numbers perspective and not necessarily a percentage, that more people die in the United States from guns than they do in other countries. That makes sense because there is more people in the country. But the fact of the matter is, is that not that many more people die in the United States uh, from, from gun violence, let alone from homicide in general, than in other countries. It's roughly, when you look at percentages, it's not that different. Where it is surging is in places like Chicago. Where they have very strict gun control, uh, where it is impossible virtually to carry a firearm, in places like Detroit and places like St. Louis, and all of these different places where where gun control is the norm, it is accepted. Now, now part of this I also understand. Um, the war on drugs also plays into a part of this, whereas the United States they go hand in hand, um, and that's something that we can do an entirely different episode on. At some point in the future, um, and I I think that leads to a a massive portion of America's uh, problem with gun violence. But this is not something that's unique to America. In fact, some of the worst some of the worst mass shootings or mass uh, homicides that occur are in places other than the United States, are actually in those European countries, that uh, the, those, those socialist Scandinavian countries that Bernie loves to, to prop up. Those are actually some of the places where some of the worst mass killings have occurred. And it's ironic that even though people like to point to the UK as this prime example of how, how uh, gun control works in the United Kingdom, when you look at a place like Switzerland, who actually has, it's, it's the, the third highest per capita um, with, with gun ownership, it's, it's the third highest in the world, they have rates pretty equal to the rest of Europe. Now, like I said, people who point to to these countries that <laughs> people who point to these countries to say that these are the prime example of how to get rid of gun violence it seems like they only care about gun violence because they don't really care as much um, whenever somebody gets acid thrown in their face or gets stabbed has a mass stabbing spree which occur- has occurred in places like Japan and places around China and places like that where they have very strict gun control um, they don't care when somebody gets gets run over by a massive truck attack, which is obviously, as we know today, a massive problem in Europe today. They don't have the means to defend themselves the way that we do here in America. And in fact, the places that do have the most problems in America, every single time, every mass shooting that you have seen has either been in a completely legally gun-free zone or a place where it is very frowned upon to carry a gun with you. For example, the, uh, the, the church in Texas. I'm not sure if um, there are laws in Texas like there are in Ohio against bringing firearms into a place of worship, um, even though I'm sure that they may be very similar. But even if they aren't, it is very uh, frowned upon among society to bring a firearm into church. I don't know why, because you're you're a sitting target at that point. You're a sitting duck at that point. But a lot of churches don't want it because it's the house of God. As if God uh, would prefer you to be sitting victims and sitting targets in his in his house for for a bloodbath to occur. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But they know people who are going to commit these mass shootings. People who are going to commit these mass atrocities they know where people are not going to be armed they're not going to go to a gun show they're not going to go to um, an NRA convention even though I have my problems with the NRA they're not going to go to some to some uh, shooting event where everyone is armed there's in Kentucky there's a machine gun shoot every year or actually it's uh, semi-annually every every half year. That I I promise you that place will never be shot up, ever, <laughs> ever, <laughs> because uh, the second that somebody tries to start shooting somebody, everyone at that event will pull their gun out and hold them down until the police arrive. Where they do occur is, for example, in the in the movie theater at, in Aurora, Co- uh, Colorado, back in 2012. Or in the school in Newtown, or in uh, the church in Texas, or in uh, a a concert in Las Vegas. Now, with with that, I truly do not believe that anything could have stopped that. He was far away, and there are some tragedies. There are even even uh, even though they would be greatly reduced if people were allowed to just carry wherever they wanted to where it was encouraged that you would carry in these places, there are some things that simply would not have made a difference either way. Nothing would have made that difference. And that is something that we have to accept. With the situation at hand in in Las Vegas, nothing could have stopped that. I go back to my earlier point. There is not a political solution to every single problem. Some things happen, and you have to just move forward, except that we, unless you completely get rid of every single gun in the country, and that won't even stop it, unless you completely get rid of every single gun in the country, and that'll just move to cars or knives or whatever, violence is going to happen. You have to know that. You have to accept that we live in a free uh, society for the most part, unlike I mean it, it may have its, its problems, but America is more free than other places throughout the world. And that comes with risks. Some things cannot change, but most things can be changed. Now, moving on from the from the uh, from the shooting aspects, I want to touch on some things about the AR15 Smiths uh, specifically. The first I'm sure you all have heard of this one. The first uh, thing I want to point out is that the AR-15 stands for Assault Rifle. Obviously we should ban assault rifles, it's in its name. as It's designated to be a killing machine. That is just the laziest argument that I've ever heard. Because it takes a really quick Google search to find out that that is not even remotely close to the case. AR stands for Armalite which is the original manufacturer of the AR-15. It has nothing to do with being called an assault rifle. Nobody ever called it that whenever they were um, inventing it. It is a civilian version of the um, M16, that is true, but it is not a fully automatic. All you have to do is spend some time with one. I have one. I'm looking at one right now. Um, all you have to do is, is spend some time with one, play with it and take it apart and put it back together. It doesn't matter how long you hold the trigger on it, it's not going to go um, for a fully automatic burst or even a three round burst. That's not the way AR-15s work. Now can you modify it? Yes, but I, I would argue that that's, that's really sloppy and it's not, um, it's not exactly accurate. You can get far more accuracy. Um, from the AR-15, which is just semi-automatic, as well as any other, literally any other semi-automatic weapon um, in in circulation right now, than you can with some fully automatic machine gun. Now, something else that you may have heard is, why does anyone need an AR-15? That seems like overkill, that seems like blah, 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 blah. Well, it really, first of all, um, there are plenty of instances where people have protected their homes, their families, um, their children with AR-15s. Even kids have used the AR-15 or an AK-47 or something to that effect to protect their family or to protect their house from a uh, home intruder. It is incredibly easy to shoot. It is incredibly easy to operate and fire. It is not this, this... deadly dangerous killing machine that everyone makes it out to be why people need an AR-15 really it's none of your business why somebody chooses to use an AR-15 to protect themselves I think it is very uh, quick and accurate it doesn't take you it's not going to take you like forever to load it up it's quick and ready to go it's a great home defense weapon and it is a lot of fun to shoot but it's quite honestly none of your business how somebody chooses to defend themselves and how somebody chooses to carry out their rights their second amendment rights defend themselves that is the decision of the individual within his or her own home decision between him or her and the rest of their family not yours you don't have the right to take that decision away from them now as far as background checks go and this is the last point that i want to make before we wrap up um there's a notion that you know the 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 background checks aren't really infringements upon your rights and it is a great uh way to to make sure that people who have firearms are the right people and that they're not getting in the hands of the bad guys and it could easily save a life. Well, that is assuming the notion that we don't already have background checks. And I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know if you have ever bought a gun before. Probably most of the people listening to this program probably has or or is familiar with this. But you can't really purchase a firearm without going through a background check unless you just purchase it from your cousin or your, your uncle or something like that. In which case, I don't, I don't know any government intervention that could, that could exactly stop that from happening. But in a legal uh, setting where you're buying a firearm from a gun store, you do have to go through a federal FBI background check. The notion that any more background checks will stop anything that we are seeing is just foolish because one, most of the um, offenders, most of the shooters that have used um, a firearm to, to go out and, and have a mass shooting, most of them don't have a history, so they would have passed a background check. In the case of the Texas shooter, this is actually a great example of why, before asking for more background checks, why don't we just simply um, enforce the laws that we already have on the books, because that was a complete breakdown if you want more background checks, just look at the, the Texas shooter, and that's a perfect um, example of saying, let's fix what we have first before trying to add more on the books, because that was a complete breakdown from the Air Force to the FBI, because they never uh, reported on this guy. He should have never gotten a firearm in the first place. He should have never passed a background check, but he did. Having more background checks will only make the wait time for those uh, legal law-abiding citizens even longer and the longer it takes for somebody to get a firearm who is the right person who should be getting firearms the worse it is i'm much more concerned about people who should have firearms that aren't getting them than people who shouldn't uh, have firearms that are getting them because if you have a firearm you have a means to defend yourself against somebody who might also have one that is not the right guy. I carry everywhere I go because, I mean, it's it's the same reason, and this is something I, I mentioned a few weeks ago or a week ago or so, it's the same reason that I, I wear a seatbelt because I can't control, I could be doing everything correctly but I can't control the people around me, whether it's a driver or um, somebody else who might have a gun the best way it's an insurance policy essentially it's a life insurance policy to ensure that my life is protected because the only person who can completely ensure that you are doing everything right that you have your life in your own hands is not the police you can't count on the police you cannot count on the police to protect you in every single situation you can't count on your family you can only count on yourself if you're putting your life in somebody else's hands you are putting yourself in a very dangerous and unnecessary situation i strongly encourage anyone and everyone listening to this to go out and get themselves a a firearm get themselves a concealed carry because your life is important and you are the only person who can ensure its safety now that is our program for this week we i mean there there's still plenty of other things that we can get into and we might have a part two of this at some point in the future um i'm not sure but that is our show for this week i hope you enjoyed it share it around with your friends and family for those who might not be as keen on firearms to to kind of break down some of the misconceptions um, that is surrounding them A few programming notes Next week we will not be having a program Because it is Thanksgiving next week um, So I am not going to do a show on Thanksgiving I'm sorry But we probably will share last year's episode Around Thanksgiving Because it, it it is a Thanksgiving theme That I think is really important um, The week after that We will be having Matt Wright of the Muddy Waters of Freedom And last week I just realized that i never gave a a date on when they're having their one year anniversary uh show that i'll be going down to to florida for and that will be on december 2nd around 2 p.m um and uh any any more information just go to their website at the muddywires i believe i may be getting that wrong but i'll i'll try to um i'll try to put in the show notes if, if it is wrong um after that, we're going to have a very fun episode that I have been waiting to do for a very long time because we will be—I'll uh, I'll be having uh, Stephen Kent of uh, Young Voices Advocates, and he's the the public relations manager there. And we will be talking about Star Wars to um, to commemorate the new movie that's coming out, and it's something that I—if it goes well, which I foresee that it will. It's something that I want to uh, try to do every time there's there's a Star Wars movie that comes out and such. So we're going to be talking about libertarian themes of Star Wars and previewing uh, the movie and some thoughts that we have there too. And then there is only four episodes left this this uh, this year, so be sure to share these episodes with your friends and family. Um, and then also, the last thing I want to, to point out is that if you haven't listened to The Bigger Picture yet, it's another show that uh, comes out on Fridays. My show comes out on Thursdays. The Bigger Picture on Outset Network is a is a history show that we do here that we're telling the stories that are um, lesser known or maybe uh, well-known but from a different perspective or a different angle. Um, and this Friday on, I believe it is the... 17th yes uh, friday the 17th is our season finale of that program and i will be hosting this week's episode of it so um please be sure to tune into that and um and share it around it's it's a really great program that it's really one of my favorite new programs that we have here on the network um but that is all the time that we have for this week i've already rambled on for way too long Um, Please be sure to share this episode with your friends and family. Subscribe to us on iTunes so that you will never miss an episode or an update. Follow me at Caleb Franz on Twitter. Follow the show at Mill Liberty on Twitter. And until next week, we'll see you.